This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. Hello, everybody. How you doing? How you doing? A little different from how we do things on the channel usually. Uh, I am taking my turn today and hosting... The Barreled Up Podcast with Odyssey, and the co-host is here. Jim, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good. I have switched allegiances. I'm like everybody else. I'm jumping ship, and I'm heading to L.A., baby. Let's go, (laughs) Tinseltown, Hollywood. I didn't even notice the hat. I, you, I literally, on you. you had a Blue Jays hat on. I didn't even see you switch it. That's hilarious. Yep, that's 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 what you got to do. You think it's going this way, and then next thing you know, boom, the big reveal. I love it. I love it. But how are we feeling? Big night last night. Uh, I mean, we all know what's going on here. In case any of you are living under a rock and you're just waking up and seeing all the news, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is officially an mm-hmm. L.A. Dodger, and Jim, immediate reaction, what do you think? I mean, they're building a super rotation. It, it, they're, they're in the process of a super team, a super rotation. This this is a squad that uh, has mastered the 162. They can win during the regular season. It's the postseason that they need to be prepared for, and that's what they're building now. They're building a postseason juggernaut. All of the jokes about how they can win the West and they can, you know, win the division and be great in the regular season, but then choke in the playoffs. That this is what happens. This is what happens when a World Series or bust team keeps busting. They have to find a way to get better. And this is how they get better. We're seeing how teams like the Royals and the Tigers and, and, and the Reds and the Diamondbacks, we're seeing how they get better. And it's good. You, you go out and you get multiple players that improve the club. Well, when a team like the Dodgers needs to go out and get multiple players that improve the club, it's of the caliber of Shohei Otani, Tyler Glass, now Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and maybe more. I mean, again, it was uh, it's a great get for the Dodgers. I feel bad for everybody else in the National League West. I'm glad the Blue Jays, I'm glad these guys don't play over there because that's going to be one hell of a division. How about you? 
Yeah, man. It's uh, the immediate reaction for me last night was, well, you know, we were talking off, off, uh, off recording here and I was going to bed. I was crawling into bed. I was going to snuggle up with my pillow. And then all of a sudden Jack Curry tweets out, there's Yamamoto going to the Dodgers. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second. This isn't Jeff Passan here. Mm-hmm. What do I do here? Mm-hmm. I mean, do I wait a second? Do I like, do I buy fully into this? Cause he's not someone that's really broken all, you know, like Jeff Passan has broken stories. So, but then once we saw all the other stuff coming out, I'm like, okay, yep, this is happening now. But yeah. You know, were we really surprised, really, at the end of the day? Because, I mean, just go back to Otani himself, right? All the deferments. It's almost like they basically told us at that point they were going to be getting Yamamoto. And then we had all the yeah. football game stuff coming out. Yeah. And he was supposed to be on the list. And that wasn't false. Like, that was not a false story. He Mm-mm. was on the list at one point. Otani was at the game. And so that's when you kind of started thinking, okay, there might be something to this here, but we saw, you know, the Heyman tweets. Nope. Don't buy it. You know, nothing there, but there was something there. Um, It is what it is. At the end of the day, the Dodgers, they look fantastic, but as we all know, you got to win on the field. Uh, We'll dive into that here, but everyone, if you can uh, hit the like button, we are live here on YouTube. And uh, if you are, listening to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast make sure you have the downloads turned on if you are just finding us for the first time uh definitely give us the downloads right and if you can give a five-star reaction if you like our faces enough give us the five stars we we would greatly appreciate that uh you can find this anywhere you find your favorite podcast apple spotify google stitcher wherever it may be uh but let's dive into it here let's dive in we got yamamoto and the dodgers now um I think we can both agree this is this makes them the favorites, right? In this division, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I think the question is how how much are they going to win this division by? Are hmm. the Padres even going to come, or the Giants? Are they even going to come close? Or the Diamondbacks? Are they even going to come close to the Dodgers in this division? What are you thinking? No, I, I don't think so. I uh, don't know. No. Look, they have to play the games, but this team is clearly far and away better. The um, the the Giants are having a terrible time landing a star, and that's trouble. You've got a uh, you, you got a Padres team that is now in this financial uncertainty. A Diamondbacks team, which give me the Diamondbacks for number two in the division. I think that there's your wild card team. There's a number two team. The Rockies, the Rockies, we got to feel the worst for here. They're not even in the equation, but They're just hanging out. It's almost like when you were in the American League these last couple of years. If you were you, you were a player, you were having a great season. Otani was going to be the MVP. Who's who's number two? Okay, we know we know who number one is. We know who the MVP is. That's going to be Otani, unless you break some record. Um, so who, who's number two, who's the second best. And that's kind of how we'll look at the national league West. Now who's second best. Cause the Dodgers, if they don't win, if they don't win the division, then it'll be a massive upset. I mean, the only way is if they get just riddled with injuries at this point, or Yamamoto was a massive bust, but nobody thinks he's going to be a bust. No. Uh, Kodai Senga made a, a, a fine transition from, 
the NPB to Major League Baseball last year, the mound, the ball did not have any impact. And obviously scouts believe that it's not going to impact Yamamoto either. And Yamamoto has a, uh, you know, grades out and is a, is a better pitcher. So it's the Dodgers. And again, it's not even about it. the National League West. They figured out how to do that. They're winning that thing in their sleep. It's about the postseason. It is about the postseason, and that's why they got this guy. And yep. in just in case if anyone is wondering, you know, why is Yamamoto so good? Well, over in Japan, winning the Best Picture Award, winning the MVP three years in a row, uh, you could argue that he had a much better career than guys like you, Darvish over there, Dice K, go back. Um, Yamamoto was dominant with in Japan with the Buffaloes, and right now – he is projected for some pretty decent numbers on Fangraphs. Fangraphs, they tend to be a little more conservative with the numbers. And Jim, I'll run these by you, and uh, I guess we can maybe go a little over-under here. So sure. right now, uh, they're projecting him for 29 starts, 184 innings. Sounds about right. He's He's been very durable. Yeah, Only 25. Don't see really him having any problems with injuries at this point. Uh, but they're projecting an ERA of 3.97 with a FIP of 3.95. Ooh. Would you go over, under on that? What do you think? Got to go under. Yeah, Over would be a massive disappointment. I'm going under that. I, I don't think I'm going like a full run under, but I think that if he's not pitching to an ERA in the mid to low threes, it'll be a disappointment. What was Senga's uh, stats last year? What is Senga over? Kodai Senga was a Kodai Senga was a two nine eight. Yeah. Like yeah, 3. that. 6, 3, FIP. Yeah. That may be the bar. Like what's what Kodai Senga did last year is probably the bar for Yamamoto to come in underneath that. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, with fan graphs, they tend to be a bit more conservative with the numbers and they're projecting him at a 3.4 fan graph mm-hmm. wins above replacement. So let's say you add maybe, you know, one to 1.5 on top of that, you know, very possible. You could see a five win picture or a five fan graph war picture. Uh, and that last year would have put him among the top pictures in the game. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. I, I think we're really going to see probably an ERA, you know, with, and, and let's actually get into why he is so good, but I, I would imagine you're probably going to see an ERA mid twos, yeah. um, maybe even lower than that because you're getting a plus fastball, 60 grade on fan graphs. Uh, right now, they have the slider. Surprisingly enough, they have the slider at a 45 right now, but they have it as a 55 for the future. So I'd probably mm-hmm. put it in the middle. At a, I'd even go a little more than that, honestly. His slider is pretty nasty. The cutter they have right now at a 45, but could be a little better down the road. Uh, you are seeing a very good curveball, a plus curveball from him. They're grading it at a 60. But the big thing with Yamamoto and it's almost it almost feels like the splitter forkball whatever you want to say it's it's like gaining steam the more you learn who yamamoto is kind of like how dice k and this mysterious gyro ball was back in the day but the splitter is really the bread and butter with yamamoto they grade it at a 70 right it's not very often you know yeah you'll see fastballs at 70 well, that's singas that singas splitter is a 70 out of 70 Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and that was very good last yeah. year. I would actually say Yamamoto's is maybe even a little bit better. I think so, too. Um, yeah, and yeah, Senga's splitter is absolutely nasty. But with Yamamoto, got a little bit more juice on the velocity. It's I would probably put it a little bit better than that. So that's why I agree with you. I think we're going to see a much lower ERA than the 3.97. I'd, I'd say mid twos, yeah. fit, probably around like a you know Look mid at, two, three. I could see something like that. The command, Yamamoto's command, command, command 80. 80 out of an 80? Yeah, that's and, crazy. Again, Senga was Senga's 45 out of 45. So right. what Kodai Senga did, add the command to it, that's you need to put it on top shelf. He's going to place it there nice and gently. You need it down low and away. He's going to bury it. He's going to dot you up with Yamamoto. Yeah. It's special things are coming. Right. And I was going to say like, you know, not often you see a 70 grade tool, but very rarely do you see an 80 grade tool It's like, on it's and for unreal. command. That basically means he can throw his pictures wherever he wants. He can throw them at any count. He can pinpoint anything he wants. Mm-hmm. He's going to be very special. Uh, and the Dodgers, they got themselves just quite the rotation now. Like you said earlier, Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bueller coming back, Miller going into year two. You have the back end right now with Sheehan, but you know, Kershaw comes back midseason, shoulders feeling good. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, Clayton Kershaw is your number five. That's not that bad, if you ask me. Super um, rotation. Right. And, you know, but I think it's still good that they have some of these younger guys like she in there. You got Grove as well. Uh, you know, because with Glass now, there are the injury risks at the end of the day. Bueller is coming back from injury, but I feel like he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Miller going into year two, will he make enough adjustments against the batters making adjustments against him for year two? So either way, though, on paper, it looks very good. Yeah. So we'll have to see how this goes. But Overall, the Dodgers right now, I mean, uh, there's really, no matter who the Giants add, no matter what else the Diamondbacks might do, we'll talk about some remaining free agents here in just a little bit, but no matter what they do, I really don't see how it's going to matter all that much. So you might as well just give the Dodgers the division right now. But like you said, it comes down to the playoffs. So let's say Yamamoto ends up being that mid two, you know, you know, who maybe high two ERA kind of a guy. You're looking at Glasnow healthy at that point. Bueller, <laughs> do we keep Kershaw away from the playoffs at this point? But let's say you got Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bueller. How are you feeling about that in the postseason? I mean, if they're healthy, that's going to be one of the best rotations that you're going to go up against. Yeah. You think about who they're going to have to go through. This is why Atlanta, Atlanta needs to build I mean super rotations is, is kind of that I'm, I'm obsessed with that right now building a super rotation m- putting five guys out there that through the regular season they carry you and then you pick the best three to carry you through the postseason and if somebody goes down to injury you've got another guy or two other guys that can step up um you saw, you know, Arizona just didn't have enough good starting pitching. They had two guys that that, that were carrying them, um, and and Fott stepped up, and that was great. You got to have a a lights out rotation 
Braves are trying to build one. Their team that stands out. I know the Phillies have a good rotation, but I mean, we're looking at one through five where your five is somebody else's two. And that's what the Dodgers are trying to build. They're talking. There's been some chatter today, and I think it is just, it's an overreaction to what the Dodgers are doing. There's been Corbin Burns talk today, and I think everybody needs to just slow down and cool off. Go, you know, throw some cold water in your face because I can't see that happening at this point. I believe. I, I don't see it. It's it, it, it's it's Luke. If they do if they do anything, it's Lucas Giolito. It's it's like it's a guy at the back of the rotation that they can give a shot to, and if he's terrible, so what? Move on, move him out. You don't need him. And you brought up some names, Grove and Stone, and and players like that. If you're gonna make a trade, if you're the Dodgers, don't turn don't take those assets and put it into one year of Corbin Burns. Take those assets and put it into three years of Randy and Rosarena. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I do with with that pitching that now who knows if they're ever going to be a starter with the Dodgers because of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got to think that this this rotation this team is now set up to make it through October. I believe there is another bat to be had. That's why I bring up Randy Rosarena because I do think one more bat needs to be brought in. I agree, and Randy would be perfect. It's not going to be Cody Bellinger. Teoscar Hernandez doesn't move the needle. Um, it's not going to be Tommy. Fam- I mean, maybe it would be Tommy Pham on a deal, but if they want to go again, this is all about October. You, you're not getting Tommy Pham now for October. Your Tommy Pham helps you get through the regular season, and then if he's a boost in October, that's a bonus. I think you go out there if you do anything, you make a splash and try to land Randy Rosarena. That's what I feel is the thing to do with your assets because you do need another bat. Randy feels like he would be a good one. Yeah, you know, it's always possible they could circle back again, you know, come up with another trade. I, I yeah. feel like his name was probably brought up in those talks with the Tyler Glasnow situation, and it probably just ended up not working out that way. But yeah, could you go back to the table, maybe make something else happen? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you know, well, like, here's here's my sorry. feeling on yeah. this, and, and 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 tell me what you think. I think because we had heard the reports of we we heard the names in the Glasnow trade, mm-hmm. we heard that days before the deal finally went through. So obviously they were there. They were close to the finish line. And then we started hearing Randy Rosarena chatter. And we had heard weeks before that, even that Randy Rosarena could be had in a trade. So we start looking at this and we're like, okay, what I, this is what I believe happened is guess. Uh, but I think it's a pretty solid guess. It's on firm ground. They had the deal for Tyler glass. Now done Andrew Friedman or one of his generals asks, well, what would it take to get Randy included in this trade? Opens up a whole new can of worms, starts muddying the waters, and they're like, you know what? Let's go back. Let's go back. We had an agree. We had a handshake on the glass now. Manny Margot, Pepio, DeLuca. We had a handshake on that. Let's get that done. We can revisit Randy after we get this thing done. We, we got to go focus on Yamamoto for a minute, but we'll be back. I I think that Randy just it, 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 cre- it, it muddied the water. You had the class, nothing done done move on revisit it later yeah uh, it's to me i think it's a name had to have come up at some yeah. point yeah um sorry go no no i'm with you I, I'm, I'm oh I'm, sorry I'm i thought you were about to say something uh mm-hmm. yeah no i agree yeah like i think rose arena would be a perfect fit for them if mm-hmm. they can't really circle back i would imagine you know teoscar hernandez could be a guy and one guy i would actually maybe i'm being a little biased here but 
I wonder if someone like Adam Duvall could come up for them, like a right-handed bat who you can kind of pair him with. You got Hader or not Hader, mm-hmm. uh, Hayward out there. You got, you know, a couple other lefty bats there. You know, to me, I think Adam Duvall would make a lot of sense. Just a right-handed bat that can give mm-hmm. you some pop kind of platoon. He can go play all three of those outfield positions. You know, he can go play, you know, some center, you know, with Outman, you know, being a lefty bat, he can get the, you know, the righty at bats against the lefties. So, you know, Hayward, obviously, like I mentioned, I feel like Duvall would be a nice piece for them, you know, or Hernandez. I don't really see someone like a Jorge Soler because you're not really going to get great defense. Whereas you'll get some good defense from someone like Duvall or at least decent defense. Not amazing, but he can get the job done out there. I wonder if a name like Michael Taylor could come up, a guy that had some pop Please. last year, you know. <laughs> take Michael Taylor out of Ross Atkins' mouth. I That's know. Please. <laughs> Please take Michael Taylor so the Blue Jays don't sign him. But it's all it's uh, I almost feel like that that could be a guy, right? Where I could see the Dodgers, they tend to really like the athletic kind of players and I feel like Taylor that could be a decent fit there. You know, again, that yeah. righty bat. So that's yeah. what I think the Dodgers need to do. I feel like if if you're to nitpick on this team, I would look towards the bottom half of the lineup. They're going to have to have some of their other guys step up as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a bit to be desired. You know, can Muncy maybe get the batting average up a little bit? Maybe that's slugging up a little bit. Can Altman take a step forward? Chris Taylor, you know, we know ver- we know Chris Taylor for his versatility, but can he yeah. get that bat going just a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Gavin Lux, what's going to happen with him? So I feel like you could get a little bit more in the bottom half of that lineup. So maybe a little bit of pop there, even if it's a you know more of a platoon bat. Yeah. I could see something like that. Um, bullpen, you know, could they could they still go make a splash in free agency? I I have a hard time thinking they're going to go after a starter. I think they're done there. Uh, Hater. But and I don't know, like you said, there's the Corbin Burns talk out there. I don't see it, but. Because Hater. don't forget, you know, Dustin May, he had the flexor tendon surgery out for a year. And I th- I think he's due back around like August or so, mm-hmm. September. So that's someone that could end up coming back. Or do they maybe just hold him out like they did with Bueller instead of rushing him back? So we'll have to see on that. I think if there is anything they could do, if they wanted to make one more splash, maybe someone like Josh Hader. Do you think that's realistic? I do. Yeah. There, it, there was a, a rumor that was leaked out there about a. It was it was shortly after the Otani signing that the Dodgers had approached Josh Hader, and there was also in the same week a report that Hader is expected to top the Diaz contract and be the richest contract in the history of baseball for a relief pitcher. The Dodgers' current payroll situation is they're 14 million away from the 300 number uh, at the current standing. So if they're going to go get Hater, they may need to do something to, I mean, look, how far over 300 they want to go. I don't know. I mean, you've got, when we think about dollars that are coming off the book next year, you know, Hayward's money's off the book. Joe Kelly's money will be off the books. Walker Bueller's money will be off the books, but they're going to need to replace Bueller. So I don't know how, how long they want to live over that $300 million payroll, but it feels like if there's a team that could do it, it would be the Dodgers because the Mets aren't going to do it. 
I don't think the Yankees are going to spend that much money on Hader. Just trying to think about the teams that would go to that level for Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers are the only one that stand out to me as they're as they're assembling this super team. They're being uh, they're being ultra aggressive. The Rangers are now in a financial situation with their RSN that yeah. that's probably going to pro. I mean, the Dodgers, the Rangers are going to have to choose between do we get a starter or do we get a, a closer? And mm-hmm. I think they're. I mean, I, I would I would think you would go starter in that. They need uh, more equation. innings. Yeah, they need more innings. So it feels like there's a a very real possibility that Hater could be added to the group, and that's kind of where like you were talking about, you know, grabbing Duvall, grabbing a grabbing an outfielder, call it on the cheap, you know, whether it be uh, AAV or it's just duration. Duvall on a one year deal. Hey, Oscar's not going to sign a one year deal. But Duvall might, um, if he wants to go try to win a World Series next year. You you may see, I I do wonder if you will see players try to jump on with the Dodgers now that you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Or, wow, I thought that player could get a two or three year deal. Or I thought that player could get more money. But they're going to the Dodgers because in the player fraternity, the Dodgers are viewed as the overwhelming World Series favorite. And who wouldn't want to go play with Otani and Yamamoto at this point. Mm-hmm. It is a, a very desirable destination, and they, they just happen to have that, you know, the sunny California weather out there. I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty nice. Good weather, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of sticking on here with the Yamamoto stuff, let's talk about the teams that did not get Yamamoto. Please. Let's and, do that. Uh, I mean, we know well, actually, we don't really know really anything about what was the Red Sox offer here? What was, did the Blue Jays make an offer? Like what was, what was the deal with the Giants? Like, because we saw that the report that they had dropped out. Yep. Um, I had personally been told from a person that I trust that the Giants uh, or not the Giants, who could be, maybe it was the Giants, um, that a team that had dropped out of the running had come back in and put in the highest bid. Ooh. And then after that, that's when the Giants dropped out. So I'm wondering if it was the Giants that did that. There was because- uh, I had some Giants followers that 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 told me that Farhan and it, you know guys that 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 follow Giants beat reporters and, and, and the media much, much closer than I do, that it was out there that Farhan was going to give Yamamoto whatever he wanted. So it wouldn't surprise and me. That makes me think he was just dead set on LA from the yeah, very beginning. Look at the, have you seen the video of MLB last night after the deal was announced, showed a video of Yamamoto running up to Otani, tapping him on the shoulder, getting him to turn around, hugging him like a, like a child hugging a parent after he hadn't seen him for a week. Cause they'd been away on a business trip. You look at his face in that moment. How was he? He was never going anywhere else. The way Otani structured the contract, the focus that the Dodgers went to him. Obviously, Yamamoto's affection for Shoei Otani. He was never going anywhere else. It was everything. This was all a ruse to get the Dodgers to go to 325 plus a $50 million signing bonus. He was going to the Dodgers the whole time. Yeah, I personally, in hindsight, I think that's really what it was. Yes. I think he he listened with the Yankees, listened sure. with the Mets. You know, he was hearing what they had to say. Um, 
you know, Cohen really went that extra mile, you know, going to Japan, having dinner. Um, but I had always said about the Mets, yeah. I always felt like there was a limit for how far they were going to go. And, and yeah. I was, I pushed back on those Mets fans. that said, no, this is Cohen. You, you know, this guy's going to just throw bags of money down on the table right mm -hmm. in front of him during that mm -hmm. dinner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I always pushed back against that. And I said this last night on the show, don't forget. And, and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but don't forget he hired David Stearns and I don't mean this in a bad way, but the guy's a nerd. And I mean that in a good way. Sorry. In my opinion, you're not bringing in a nerd to just keep blowing through all the money you got, right? You bring mm -hmm. that guy in just like. When John Henry of my Red Sox bringing in Heim Bloom, you had Dave Dombrowski, who's going to be arguably the arguably the greatest executive ever with with how many World Series he's won. You know all the players and trades that he's brought in. You had that guy, and you got rid of him to bring in Heim Bloom to help you reset that payroll. You know to get that farm system yeah. going. Yeah, that's David Stearns. Like that is literally. He Heim Bloom is not David Stearns, but that's the same type of mold. And Cohen, as soon as I saw that he that that's the guy they brought in, and once you saw all this stuff like, oh, Cohen's gonna come out come up with a huge offer, I never bought it. I thought they would have a strong offer, but I never saw them going crazy. Right? They would go well, as far as they could, but they're they're gonna tap out at some point. I didn't know if they were gonna be the winner, but I didn't think they were gonna go crazy. Like, they didn't. They didn't get a chance to tap out though. Like the 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 That's word is thing. the reporting is that 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 uh, Yamamoto told the teams that he wanted to be at three hundred. The Mets said they would go to three twenty five. This is all reporting that Yamamoto then went back to the Dodgers and asked if they would go to three twenty five. They went to three twenty five plus another fifty for the signing bonus, and they never went. And, and then Yamamoto's camp never went back to the Mets. To see if the Mets would beat that. I think from where I'm coming from, I, I think I'm more looking at that 325 and thinking, all right, well, well, if Cohen has all this money, why didn't he just throw down 350? Or well, because again, if if you think about it, if if Cohen believes that 300 is what you're asking for, like if he comes to you, Yamamoto's agent, if Joe Wolf comes to you and says, you got to be at 300. Right. It's actually it's a strong play by Steve Cohen to say, we'll go 325. Like that's a strong oh, yeah. play. And yeah. then Yamamoto and his camp and Joel Wolf, they say, Okay, great. Thanks. We got to circle back with the other teams and we'll see if anyone else is 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 playing ball. And they circle back to the other teams and they go to the Dodgers and they tell the Dodgers, here's where the Mets are at. The Dodgers come back with their offer, and then there is no communication back with the Mets. From that point on, which is, we don't know. We don't know. Steve Cohen may have said, all right, we're done. At the end of the day, I feel like Steve Cohen's driving the ship. If Steve Cohen wants a player, he's going to get a player no matter what David Stern says. Right? I mean, yeah. the thing about Boston, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, 
they it, it was ownership also it was it was not only the general manager it was not only Heim Bloom uh it was it was the ownership's directive yeah. we got all these salaries it's out of control we need to make changes david price has got to go things have to change we have too much money but felt like that was top down mm-hmm. here with the mets steve cohen what's the guy he's going to go get him and david stearns might be like well he doesn't really fit and steve cohen's going to be like quiet you go sit in the corner <laughs> I want this guy. Well, I just have it like I, 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 I see that. I think I think that could happen in in special situations, right? This is a special mm-hmm. situation, of course. Yes. Um, but I, 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 I wouldn't see that being like all the time. I wouldn't Agreed. see that happening. Yep. I think he Stearns is a highly respected guy. Yep. I, I am curious to think was Stearns there, you know, telling him like. This might be getting a little much. Right? He's poking like, him it, on the shoulder. He's like, he's like, he's like, Steve, it's it's too much, Steve. Steve, Steve, it's too much. Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd love to hear that that story at some point. I, yeah, I'd me like too. to I'd like to hear how far were they willing to go? Uh, because yeah. reports are, like you said, they didn't really get another chance. All right. So who knows? Will we mm-hmm. find out one day if maybe they were willing to go 350, even crazier? Well, I don't know. Right. We'll have to wait and see, but let's get into some of these other teams. Well, let's stay on the Mets here real quick sure. um, with the Mets. They got really, uh, you know, they got the short end of the stick here, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed like they were perhaps used for leverage, but now they got to focus on their own season. So if you were to give like a quick thing here, what do you think the Mets need to do? What do you, do you think yeah. they go make a splash elsewhere or, do you think know. they kind of stay on that track to what they were looking at a 2025 being that year where they really want to go all in? Do you think they make some small moves or maybe we see a splash? I, I everything we're hearing at least immediately after the you know during this fallout period is that there won't be a splash. Mm-hmm. That the Blake That's Snell, the Jordan Montgomery thing is not a, it is not a possibility at this point. That could that could certainly change, but in this fallout period, it sounds like they're not going to make that knee jerk splash move maybe they go after imanaga maybe they go after some other i mean i still think they need another pitcher um i I kind of wonder if this turns into a situation where they rethink things with pete alonzo look we're at a point i have a video coming out probably tomorrow i don't think i'm going to premiere tonight but it's all done it is ready to go i think i'm going to premiere tomorrow where i'm proposing a mets trade and I'm proposing a Pete Alonso trade. I still think it's a 1% chance. But if you are the Mets, here's the, here's the rationale behind it. If 2024 is going to be a year that you know you are not in World Series or bust mode, you are in let's just try to be competitive mode, our World Series teams are 2025, 2026, what the hell's Pete Alonso doing on your team then? If you can turn Pete Alonso into prospects, I think you do it. And I I still think that it's again 99% that he stays with us. You either extend him or you trade him. There is no point in having Pete Alonso in a lame duck year sitting on your roster because again, if you're not if you're not going for it, what's the point? Turn him into prospects and then do what you'll have to do anyway. Bid form in the open market. 
but you'll be bidding for him, and you'll have three prospects maybe in return. I don't know yeah, if this that's... forces them to move Pete Alonso, but it did planted the seed back in my mind that mm, without Yamamoto, if they're not going to make any big moves now, if they don't extend Pete, what the hell is he doing on the team? Trade him. I agree with you, actually. I, I think that's actually the best move. If the right deal comes up. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the Mets, we've seen the 2025 thing, but they still have good players on this team. So mm-hmm. I don't see why they couldn't go out there and try to compete for a wild card. I mean, it's not like they're just dumping the season. Like you still right. have good players on this team. You have a good, you have an ace in Kadai Senga. You have yeah. Francisco Lindor, right? There's good players. Now, taking Pete Alonso off, wouldn't help you um but could they possibly still be perhaps competitive even without pete alonso that's losing a lot of power a lot of run production but i could see the right if the right deal comes along where before the season starts where maybe they could get someone that's under control maybe get a pitcher they could use they definitely could use some more pitching Mm -hmm. in this system if they you know if the right opportunity came along i could see Mm -hmm. him doing it we'll have to see or could it just be they hang on to him, maybe deadline. That's what we kind of look at. Where like we sure. saw his name pop up at the deadline last year. Yeah. So, I I think eventually, I think in my opinion, I think you should try to take advantage of that value, and yep. the sooner the better. Yeah. That, that be, value is only going to go down. Right now on baseball yeah. trade values, his value is actually kind of low. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I argue that he might be one of the guys that are that are undervalued. Mm-hmm. But it, still, it's a rental player. So yeah. you, you deal him now, you, you can maybe get three prospects. If you wait to deal him in July, you might mm-hmm. get one or two. And who knows what the caliber of a, a two-prospect package would be. Yeah, I think, he's I, around, think, I think he's around like a $10 million value on there, $11 million or so. 11 and it's, I think it's 11 and a half because um, I just ran that trade. I, I, listen, I built a trade with the Blue Jays where the Blue Jays sent three. I, I already put it on Twitter and Mets fans hate it. Um, understandably so. I didn't expect anything of less. Uh, yeah, the, you know the funny thing is though, Mets some some Mets fans are countering. Uh, throw Bo Bichette in, and then we can talk, which is just nonsense. So you, but but if you could turn Pete Alonso into two pitching prospects, a guy that the Blue Jays drafted in the first round in 2022, uh, a guy that they drafted in one of the high rounds, I think it was also 22, and a high pedigree uh, college bat that projects to do pretty decently. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you take three prospects? Uh, I believe it was a four and eight and a nine. No, no four, nine and 13 in the blue Jays organization for Pete Alonzo. And I don't know. I kind of, if, if it's for a rental, if I'm the Mets and, and Pete's going to be a free agent, if I can't extend them, I got to get something. I don't know how many good offers are going to come back. Yes. Isaiah Vlad would be your designated hitter. Pete would be your first baseman. That's how they would run that. Yeah. The Blue Jays need to try to do something impossible. And trading for Pete Alonso feels like an impossible task. But of all of the impossible tasks at this moment today, December 22nd, it feels like the most, uh, the, the, the least impossible of all of the impossible things that they need to do. Yeah, there definitely could be a fit there. They could use another bat that they didn't have one player last year with over a 500 slugging. So that could definitely nope. be something. Uh, let's talk about the other perceived sure. finalist in New York. And uh, mm. let's talk about the New York Yankees. It seemed yeah. like the Yankees at one point 
were the it had the inside track, right? We had seen, um, I believe, uh, is it Ty Schmidt from the Pat McAfee show? He had put something out about like a oh, nine, yeah. year, nine for 326. 326. <laughs> and we're like, what? It was, I didn't buy it at first, but th- it gave me pause. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, I mean, they have that show on ESPN now. I mean, they, they've had conversations with, with Jeff Passan. Uh, so like, I'm thinking like, could there be something there? You know, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what to think about that one, but I also knew he tends to be, you know, more on the, the comedic side of things. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a Yankee fan as well. I felt like he was just trying to have some fun a little bit, but it was just like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know no. what to think about it. I took a step back at first. And uh, then I saw Michael Marino. He had come out and said, like, no, he loves the show, but don't bank on this. And he ended up being right. Um, So in the end, the Yankees, they actually had, it looks like the third highest bid. They stopped at $300 according Mm -hmm. to the reports, while the Dodgers and the Mets were at three twenty-five. So the Yankees, according to the reports, they felt like that was a healthy offer. They thought Mm -hmm. that was a fair offer. uh, But in the end, wasn't enough. And I said the same thing about the Yankees, right? Mets Yankees, they had one thing in common, high payrolls. And I saw there was going to be, I mean, again, who knows with the Mets, you know, would they have even gone higher? Um, but it, I did feel like with the Yankees, especially how how Steinbrenner has operated, he's not Steve Cohen. Um, I saw the Yankees tapping out if it got crazy. So but I, I thought a strong yeah. offer would come from them, but I definitely saw them giving up at some point if it got too high. So for the Yankees right now, I mean, listen, they didn't get Yamamoto, but they got something they really needed, and that was Juan Soto. Let's see if he ends up staying there long-term. But right now when you look at the Yankees' rotation, it's Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Clark Schmidt, Nestor Cortez, and right now Fangraphs is penciling in uh, Clayton Beater as the number five. So what do you think about the Yankees' rotation right now? Uh, It's Sure, it would have looked a lot better with Yamamoto there, but – what are you thinking about the Yankees rotation right now? What are you thinking when it comes to just them as a team? This is a Shane Bieber trade waiting to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to pull together the pieces for Corbin Burns. And, and I don't, so I don't think that's going to happen. Dylan sees the asking price is too high. Uh, what other starting pitchers? Um, maybe a Jesus Lazardo situation. Um, I, 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 I did. Uh, float a trade possibility out there for that. And, and and it does work if the Yankees take on Avisel Garcia's contract. And I know you're saying, well, wait, Jim, they just brought in Trent Grisham. Well, you sent Trent Grisham to Miami as well. You sort of swap Grisham and Garcia. Yankees have to add two prospects into the deal. It has to be Everson Pereira. And I'm trying to think who the other, I believe I had a pitcher uh, added into the mix as well. The Yankees could pull off the Jesus Lazardo trade, but the real easy trade, you could probably find a one-for-one trade, is with Cleveland for Shane Bieber, and you're bringing him in there, Shane Bieber, one year, stick him in the middle of that rotation, so you've got uh, you, you've got Cole, you're banking on a Rodon bounce back, you have Bieber in there at the number three, that's a high upside three, and Schmidt and Cortez. Like, it, something has to be done. Beater doesn't get the job done. Carlos Rodon at the number two spot. And then a a healthy gap between the skill 
level between that and 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 where the number three starter is. They need somebody that has a higher floor, a much higher floor. And I think Shane Bieber's the way to go. I think Burns is going to cost too much. Those Zardo trades, it, it, it's that's going to be that's going to be pricey too. I think you can get Shane Bieber. That feels like the way to go because I don't see the answer on the free agent market. Do you? I don't. I think it's got to be a trade. The only one I could see, and it's more because I'm thinking of the pitching coach, Matt Blake. I'm thinking, could they see some intrigue in Giolito a little bit? Oh, Guys. the fan base would be so mad. <laughs> but ERA, you know, definitely skyrocketed when it went after he got traded, yeah. uh, when he went to the Angels and then the Guardians in the season. He had a, a rough second half, but he was pretty solid in the first half. But the one thing with him is, you know, he's going to give you innings. That's the one thing you can count on with him. Will they be good innings? I don't know. Uh, but Matt Blake, he's all about the analytics. Yep. He's all about, you know, using the technology. I wonder if that could be something where they see Giolito as a guy. We're like, hey, you know what? There is still a good pitcher here. Can we maybe find something with him? You know, get like a one-year deal, you know, two-year deal to kind of reestablish the market a little bit. I wonder if they take a chance. It might be a decent-sized contract for one year. It could even – we've even heard like $20 million for Lucas Giolito for one year, which sounds kind of crazy considering mm -hmm. how bad he was with the Angels and the Guardians. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only free agent – I could maybe see. I mean, if I'm looking at some of these other ones, I could Marcus Stroman finally live out his dream and become a New York Yankee. My goodness. Um, <laughs> you know, could you see like someone like like Sean Manaya on like a cheap deal, like a Michael Lorenzen, you know? Yunjin Ryu. Paxton, could we have a reunion? Maybe. Ryu. It's Yunjin Ryu. That's the Ryu guy. Would be interesting. Uh, I could see them doing that, like a one year deal. For a guy, nothing crazy, but someone that you, you get some upside out of him. But yeah, I could see like a Shane Bieber trade. That could be something. Um, I think really, though, at the end of the day, what they're really going to try and count on is getting Rodon back on track, yeah. getting Cortez back on track. That's what I think. Uh, I think, you know, Rodon had just a bust of a year last year but they got a, a lot of money invested in this guy they need yep. to really do something with him um let's see if he can be healthy right he had a bad start with health wise or health wise last year so that's what i honestly think i think they're really thinking like all right instead of going out there and trying to put band-aids we need to kind of really focus on our own players too so but again mm -hmm. i could see like a one-year mm -hmm. deal or like bieber like he won't cost much to get he really shouldn't. Bieber, Bieber should be easy to get. No, Bieber is, is not a lot. And people people think it would be expensive. Uh, oh. No, he won't cost a lot. He will not I mean, even cost you anywhere near a top 100 prospect, in my opinion. Right, that's it. I mean, so. Shane Bieber, literally, like, just I'll pull up uh, the prospects. Let's, we'll, we'll mess around with the prospects here. Yankee fans, would you trade? I mean, would you do Beater for Bieber? Would you do... Would you do... I mean, Luis Heal's way too far off the radar at this point. But, like, we're talking about guys I believe the Yankees could give up for Shane Bieber that would be inconsequential to the 2024 season, the 2025 season. You could Whoever you give up for Bieber, you will not miss. You could, you could probably package prospects that failed to launch. Going back to 2021, when we were looking at Luis Heal, uh, maybe even Oswaldo, 
get uh, you know Estevan Florial. Just get the whole group together of prospects that failed to launch. Send them to Cleveland. That's it. That's it. It's the Luis Heel, Davy Garcia, and uh, Estevan Florial trio headed to Cleveland for Shane Bieber. Done. Sounds dandy to me. Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, but here's what we're gonna do. We're at the 45 minute mark, and uh, we got a couple more things to talk about. So. If you are live with us, don't worry. Stay here. Everything is good. Uh, but for the replay viewers, we're going to put the rest of this on to the podcast format. So you can listen to that. Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, again, just a reminder for everyone, if you can, hit the downloads for us. Make sure those are turned on. If you can, if you like our faces enough, please leave us a five-star review. If you think we're doing a good job, of course. Um, but... For those of you that are watching the replay, goodbye for now. And uh, you can catch the rest of this in podcast format. If you are live, stick with us. We're here. Um, let's kind of get into a few of the other teams here. We have the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and we'll even dive into the Giants a little bit here. So, you know what? Hey, let's talk. Your, let's talk with your Blue Jays. We don't know really what where the Blue Jays even were with this whole thing. Their name had popped up. I think they had a meeting. Um, I don't. I don't even think they had a meeting. I, I truly, honestly, don't. Uh, there was never. There were. There was a report that there was supposed to be one, but then there was never any follow up to that. Mm-hmm. That we we heard that there was going to be a meeting a week ago, and then the last time we that or. The next time we heard about it was Mark Feinstein's tweet last night when he threw the Blue Jays in and um, he threw the Blue Jays in a tweet as the Jays still being one of the finalists. Ben Nicholson Smith, who who's uh, who works for Sportsnet and, and covers the Jays within five minutes, had a retweet of that saying the Blue Jays are not in on Yamamoto and do not expect to get him. So the Blue Jays were far away from this thing. And if anything, they were used for leverage early on to keep the Yankees honest. Maybe the Blue Jays got lumped in. Look, I start to think the fact that the Blue Jays were even in the conversation never made sense to me because they didn't need the pitching. Yeah. It, it As we have seen everything fall the way it did, it almost feels like Otani and Yamamoto were a package deal. And that's how Toronto was even looped into Yamamoto at the very beginning is that those two were a package deal. Wherever Otani went, he was going to structure his contract so that Yamamoto could come to. Yeah. It really, and that's the only reason I think the Blue Jays were even linked in, is that mm-hmm. it had been thought it in that advanced level. That's a good way to think about it, to be honest with you, because, I mean, look what ended up happening. They're a package yeah. deal. Um, maybe you think, you know, Maybe the Blue Jays were looking at it that way. And they, thought, and they said, oh, crap, we didn't get Otani. Well, we might as well still try and talk to Yamamoto. I mean, we're already in the ballpark. We might as well. Right. Um, but what do you think right now? I mean, really, when you think about it, it feels like the offseason is really just starting right now with the two big names off the board. So yep. if you were to give me like a quick rundown and Blue Jays fans, what do you think? What, what do you think they need to do? We did touch on it a little earlier. I gave you my thought. And what yep. I thought they needed to add, but anything else that we could be thinking of for the Blue Jays? So they had seven players that were free agents mm-hmm. and they have signed zero free agents. So they have a lot of work to do. Now they don't need to add any starting pitching. They have great starting pitching right now. Um, they, if, 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 uh, if Alec Manoa doesn't work out in spring training, Ricky Tiedemann hopefully will be there. They have 
six guys that they're going to be heading into spring training and then some others that'll be competing. But really, one through four is set. They'll have two or three guys competing for the five spots. So the rotation doesn't need anything. Uh, the bullpen is looking pretty solid. Jordan Hicks is on his way out, but they still have Chad Green. They still have Romano. They have uh, they have Swanson. They have a lot. Uh, they have Miza. They have a lot in the bullpen. Maybe they add one piece there. It's all about the bats. It is all about adding depth. It is all about the bats. It is, it is lefty bats. It's the same old story. Um, they do need to replace Kevin Kiermeyer. They can move Varsho to center field, opens up a spot in left field. That is why, Blue Jay fans, I was not against the idea of Guriel making a comeback. Um, it was far-fetched, but it kind of made sense. He was the best left fielder available in this free agent class. Um, I worry about the dollar amount in the years for Cody Bellinger. That's the rumor right now from Bob Nightingale is that the Blue Jays are the favorite for Cody Bellinger. But I'm worried about the years. I'm worried. I put it this way, Robbie. You're a guy that's still in the dating game, right? You're not married. You're not attached yet. Think of it from a relationship status. I know well, you're I, attached. I, I, I have. I'm sorry. I have to say because she she will get mad. No, I am. I am happily, uh, happily with, with a girlfriend. Happily uh, with. She will get irate if I just let that one go. <laughs> All right. Happily with. Happily with. But but there's nothing on there's nothing on the finger, right? So no no so. Let's say you find out. No, let, let, let's let's rewind it back. You're single again in this hypothetical world. Mm -hmm. And you meet this girl and she's amazing. She looks great. She's done up well. She is amazing intellectually. It's phenomenal. You got a friend who's like, wait, wait, wait. You haven't heard about her? No, what? <laughs> Dude, last year, she was in rehab, man. She couldn't get herself together. <laughs> like, it was a mess. And the year before that, she was on drugs. Like, no, 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 dude. The last two years, I know it looks good now, but, dude, two years ago was a wreck. You really want to get into an eight-year relationship with this person? You would say, whoa, wait, let me pump the brakes here. That's Cody Bellinger in a real-life scenario. <laughs> That's why I'm concerned about Cody Bellinger and the Toronto Blue Jays. So, I, I keep getting to what the Blue Jays need to do is try to figure out a way to pull off the impossible. And that is a trade for Alex Bregman, a trade for Luis Robert, a trade for Pete Alonso. These are impossible things. These are things that have a 0.01% chance of happening. But if the Blue Jays are going to truly get better, that's kind of where it is. Mm -hmm. at, and at this point, those things seem impossible. I don't know how this team gets better. And financially, that's another element. The only reason they were going to spend money was for the unicorn, for Otani. They had a Otani unicorn budget, and then they had their non-unicorn budget. And their non-unicorn budget, the only report we've heard from that came directly from Mark Shapiro, is that they were going to be able to maintain their spending. There was no, we're going to be able to spend more than we have in the past. That's not what they said. They said, we should be able to maintain where we have been. Once you dole out the arbitration dollars, once you hand out everything you're already committed to, there's like $15 million left. There's not even money for Cody Bellinger. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to trades. But they're not a great trade partner for a lot of these teams. It's yeah. an absolute mess. The Blue Jays are going to sign Michael A. Taylor and uh, and Noah Syndergaard and call it a day, and I'm going to be sad. I would say simply from a perception point of view, I feel like Bellinger does make sense because that would be the name. 
yeah. right? It would yeah. be, yeah, you know, sure, could maybe some of those those past struggles come back to bite him a little bit, you know, going through all the injuries and whatnot, the down numbers with the Dodgers the last few seasons before he went to the Cubs. But we did see a really good season out of him. I would actually say those injuries that he had really did not help him out at right. all. And, I, I, and when you look at the swing mechanics of Cody Bellinger, he's got a big swing there. There is a lot going on. But I think to me, when you're, you know, you're hurting your leg, you're, you're hurting your shoulder, there's just stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like that took him just a, a while to get back. Yeah, and uh, we saw last year where, you know, if you, if you go back to Ronald Acuna, right? Uh, you know, you called it for last year where, you know, you saw the MVP season. Go back to the year before, right? Where Ronald Acuna Jr. was looking pretty good, right? But he wasn't really right. that Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. that we saw before the injury, right? Gave him a year, and then we saw what he could do, all right? Yep. I wonder if Bellinger could actually take another step forward next year and maybe even get a little closer mm-hmm. back to that MVP form. Now I'm not saying he's Ronald Acuna Jr. No, but I just point. want, I, I, I want to give Bellinger a fair shake just mm-hmm. because he really did go through. He had a lot of stuff going on. Right. Yep. So I'd like to see, I'm very curious to see. And, and I have read from, you know, reporters out there that have talked with organizations that they feel like he's going to be still you know, a solid player moving forward. So, I feel Don't, like perception-wise, it would be a good move for the Blue Jays, and because I, I feel like, oh, good grief, you, you go, you had this whole thing with Otani, and you come out of the offseason with Michael Taylor mm-hmm. and Noah Syndergaard. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like a big yeah. middle finger to the fan base at that point. Like, let me ask, you, let me throw this out to you. Yeah, I, and I just wanted to throw this out because I thought about this, and, and, and you could bounce it right back to me. If you think if you think it's if you think it's too hot, if Cody Bellinger is is back to being that guy, and we feel good about that, it has been almost two weeks now since Otani that deal was done, and the Cubs were all in on Otani, and it was believed that that's why the Cubs weren't really doing much. That's why a lot of teams weren't doing much because they were focused on Otani. Cubs, it's been two weeks now. How have we not started to get any kind of linkage between Otani and the Cubs? Shouldn't, if he's that good and the Cubs just had him and they had a fantastic summer, shouldn't the shouldn't we be hearing stuff about the Cubs trying to get a deal done or, or a deal already being done? It, it's throwing a little bit of doubt in the back of my mind about Cody Bellinger's future. Why don't the Cubs have him locked up already then? Like, I would think that that would be a, a perfect match. My gut feeling on that says... They're just waiting out the market a little bit. They're going to hang back. They would love to have him back, but they have a a point. They have a limit on where they're willing to go. Yeah. And uh, who was it last off season? I'm going so blank right now. My potato brain's kicking in. Who was it last off season that went back after he kind of navigated out there? He's looking at, he's talking to other teams and he just went back to his team. I'm going so blank on who that is. One of the bigger names too. Well, it was Correa did that. Oh right, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's Correa was like, if you go shop, he had this whole grocery store thing, didn't he? He's like, I'm the product. Yeah, you got to pay for the product, and then he went out and he signed two other deals, and he ended up back with the Minnesota Twins. 
Right. And it's different situations, obviously. Yeah. Correa had the physicals and everything, but that's what the twins did. They just said, all right, like we're here. You know, if, if it doesn't work mm-hmm. out with other teams, then we can work something out. I kind of see something a little similar with that. Yeah. Where different, not, not, you know, Bellinger's not going to be failing any physicals. At least I don't think he would be, but I think the Cubs are taking that approach. I think they would like to have him back. Um, let's see what the offer he gets is circle back. Yeah. Will you match it? Mm, well, t- they'll think about it. That's, I think the Cubs are definitely going to be in, right? It's going to be a matter of how, and I, and I think the Cubs are in a good position there because I don't think, because like you just said, you know, what is the future of Bellinger? How far are teams willing to go for him? I think the Cubs are actually in a pretty good spot negotiation wise, yeah. right? And, and what they, with where they feel like his value is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think there's a shot he can just go back. Get a good year. I mean, why not? Go he back. had a great year. Like, yeah. if that's what he does, if that's the baseline, then that's phenomenal. But, yeah, you know, we've seen guys in these prove it kind of years have seasons that they're not able to replicate. And yeah. he's coming off of two really bad career uh career nose diving kind of seasons and the Dodgers didn't even give him a contract. Like they were just like, no, we're done with this. Uh, so he went from the lowest low climbed back and now we're at a spot where I think teams are maybe a little hesitant. And that's what I'm wondering. I, I think the, the Cubs probably think, you know, blue, like, how how much are the Blue Jays willing to go in the Giants? Yeah. How far would they be willing to go? Who knows? If the, I mean, they're probably out on him now, or they yeah. could still add a guy like that. Jung-Hoo Lee is more of a top-of-the-order kind of a bat, a contact speedster kind of a guy. But mm-hmm. I think the Cubs are in a nice spot. And I just, I, I don't know. Like I think it is a, a curious case of that where and the Cubs, they can just – and they and they could still go out there and still add other bats too. They can still go do their thing, right? They could still go add Reese Hoskins if they wanted mm-hmm. to. And if Bellinger ends up just wanting to come back, then that can work too. And I yeah. think with Bellinger, and I think the Cubs think that too because he had the good season with them. He knows that he's comfortable there. So I think the Cubs are having that in the back of their mind too. The Cubs are kind of going at it like they have nothing to lose really. Like, yeah, you would lose Bellinger, but whatever. They'll go figure it out. They'll go out a couple of right. bats. So, right. yeah, it would suck to lose them. But I think that's kind of how they th- – that that's the approach they're taking. And, uh, yep. and again, Bellinger, let's see what the offer ends up being from the Blue Jays or perhaps another team. Mm-hmm. Does he end up maybe just taking a little bit less to just stay with where he was comfortable? Right? Because he had a good year there. So that's something yep. that you cannot you cannot dismiss. Right? So we'll see. We'll right. see. But – with the Blue Jays, uh, I think the starting rotation is looking pretty good. I'd probably say the bullpen maybe could add a little something. What do you think? If you add one arm, you got to replace Hicks. I think you want you want to have those power swing miss arms. So give me give me one. You know maybe they're able to bring in like a Liam Hendricks. Uh, you know somebody like that feels nice. like it could reunion. It could, it, it could fit somebody. I don't think they have to make that the, a primary focus, but I yeah. do think bringing a, bringing an arm, being a good spot. I got the power arm for you. He's going to give you a heart attack, but he can throw hard. How about a little roll this chairman in Toronto? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh man. 
No way. I'm Blue not a front Jays office executive that. that gets enamored with 102. I worry about that walk rate. Oh, yeah. Well, I do, too. He gives me a freaking heart attack like Craig, uh, like Craig Kimbrell did. I, I wasn't – Earl Chapman wasn't even ever on my team, and he would give me a heart attack. Right. So, But right. let's move on here. I mean, we might as well just stay in the division. I'm going to try not to take too long on this. So I, I can't let Giraffe Negrabi come out too much. Uh, I've been whining about my Red Sox for the last few days. But I, I have tried getting – you know, from people that I trust, I have tried – to get an answer on what the Red Sox even did during this. And there's mm-hmm. no answer right now. There's nothing. There's no number floating mm. out there. Nothing is getting out. I want to know what the heck the Red Sox even offered. You know what I honestly think they offered? I really do think this. I, I, and I'm kind of thinking back to it. It's not very often they give long-term deals to pictures. Granted, he is, you know, Yamamoto was 25. So I wonder mm. if there was maybe a bit more there. I guarantee you they didn't even come close to the 12 years. I, gar- I guarantee it was less than the Yankees what they did. Yeah. My guess, if I'm a betting man, I bet they went like 7 to 10, like <laughs> 6, 180. I, oh, I no. bet they did like 30 a year for like six or seven years, maybe eight. That's what I could see. And I, I, you think is that that's why it's not out because it's embarrassing what they did. Like, I think if I'm thinking of my Red Sox correctly, I think they are like, you know what? We'll bump up the AAV. We'll, we'll give them a little bit more AAV, but not as many years that because mm. the Red Sox, they, they don't listen. They got, they got peer pressured into Devers. I don't care what anyone says. Like yeah. they got peer pressured into that. Cause if they didn't have Devers, you wouldn't have a star. You wouldn't right. have anything. But the thing with Devers, though, is you could make the excuse because he was young, right? So he's more on the younger side. So you could definitely make that mm-hmm. that exception, right? Mm-hmm. But if he was, if if Devers was like 28, 29, I think they say, uh, see you later. Yeah, no right. extension for it, just like with Bogarts, right? Um, I just think with Yamamoto, I mean, yeah, they did go the 10 for Rafi, or was it or 11? I can't fully remember. But they definitely went double digits for Rafi. I don't know, like for pitchers though, the Red Sox, they've never historically never really gone out there and given a, a bunch of contracts out long-term. Mm-hmm. David Price was one exception where that was a seven-year deal. I, I just, I, I think John Henry is very set in his philosophies on how he wants to do things. I don't think the Red Sox, I, I think eight years max is what they offered. I really do. Yep. And I should have probably You're thought right. about this like a week or two ago, but I'm thinking this is different. This is right. Yamamoto here. Like we can do, but now that I've seen everything happen, I guarantee you it's just a high AAV and not that many years. That's just my thing. But mm-hmm. with the Red Sox, I mean, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. It, tell me, what do you think? Well, I'm a man in pain right now. I, I need yeah. some help. What do you think? What do you I think, think my you Red Sox to... should do? I, I Did I hear that there, I think you maybe retweeted this that they were not looking to go big on on free agents i think they have to though i, I believe yeah. you have to go after maybe not snell but montgomery mm-hmm. uh, i don't know why but i feel like montgomery will take less years than snell i don't know why i think that i feel like you could get one or two less years on my on monty but yeah um i would say jordan montgomery free agent signing and trade 
and and this the trade is for a player that you know is on a short term situation. Whether it is Corbin Burns, go get Corbin Burns. In my video that will be dropping tomorrow, I have a Red Sox trade, Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas to the Red Sox for a bunch of pieces. Um, oh yeah, so I'm all about it. I, I think I you 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 don't get into you you get into one long term contract, and that is with the Jordan Montgomery type. And then the other player is a rental. And I think the Red Sox welcome that fact that they would not have to be uh, in a spot where they're locked into Corbin Burns for eight years. I think they, they would rather have him for one rather than eight based on how that ownership operates. Not necessarily what Craig Breslow wants, but how the ownership likes to go. It feels like you put together the bird and, and, and Milwaukee. We know their financial situation. You can go get, if you can get Adamus off their books, you can get Burns off their books. You can probably send some pieces back. I, I mean, send Tanner Houck in that trade. Put Tanner Houck in that Milwaukee pitching machine. Give him a spot in that rotation. You might see the best Tanner Houck you've ever seen. Uh, I think that there's, that's what they need to do. Um, I, I would focus on that element. Two pitchers, uh, Willie Adamas for one year. Trevor Story goes back, plays second base for, you know, uh, another summer. And then Willie Adamas leaves and Trevor Story can finally play shortstop for the Red Sox. But I think that's what you need. I, that's what I think. I'm looking at two starting pitchers in a bat. How about you? Yeah, uh, I'm right there too. I, I absolutely we need at least one pitcher for crying out loud. Like, yeah. for my goodness, please. Yeah, but someone. do they? Here's the thing. This is a problem that the, that your Red Sox, I think, are in is that the ownership and Craig Breslow can probably can look at the team. And they can start to convince themselves that maybe they don't. Maybe we don't. This whole Yamamoto thing was exhausting. We, maybe we don't need any. We got, we got, we got, we got Chris Sale. Over under 15 starts. We got Chris Sale. We got Brian Bayo. We got Nick Pavetta. We got Cutter Crawford. We got Tanner Houck. I just did all five of those, by the way, off the top of my head, not looking at anything. That we got our rotation. We're good to go. I, I worry that the rotation is good enough to where that front office, that ownership can look at that, look at it and say, yeah, maybe we are good. I don't think they are, but can they convince themselves they're good when they look at that paper? Yeah, that's and again, they're not right now. Me, you, Wardy, we talked about if there was uh, on a stream not too long ago. Is there one team in this division that finishes under five hundred? Yeah, my Red Sox are finishing under five hundred right now. I don't care what anyone says. Maybe they could hit five hundred somehow, some way. Um, But they're not a wild card contending team right now. Mm -mm. Maybe they could be in the wild card hunt trade deadline you know all-star break you know somewhere in that but like we saw what happened with them in september they faded and it, it just it was, it was awful it was embarrassing but you definitely hit the nail on the head there i think it is two starting pitchers that they need what those pitchers end up being i don't know now you asked me earlier um that you saw i i had put something out there uh the red Sox might not be interested in montgomery or snell uh, I was listening to Lou Merloni. He was on uh, one of his walks this morning, walking the dog, and he likes to give his thoughts on things. And he did say something that made sense. And when you think about it, and I just mentioned this a second ago with Yamamoto, the Red Sox historically don't give out contracts to 
pictures that are long term, right? They they definitely give out contracts to pictures, but what they were doing with Seth Lugo, that is really w- what they tend to look for, right? They mm. tend to go for those shorter deals. Not very often they give long deals, <laughs> except for David Price, who was 30. That's the one exception that they've had when it comes to pitchers, right? And they they tend to go after <clears throat> they tend to go after the position players more when it comes to long-term deals. Are they going to go after Montgomery? I mean, are they I don't think they go after Snell to be honest with you. I wouldn't want Snell to be honest. Like I I don't know. I, I just don't see it. He walks too many guys for me. I think Montgomery is a guy that you can count on a little bit more that is someone that's going to be a, a bit more steady, right? He is a bit more of a contact guy compared to Snell, who's going to be giving you a lot more stuff and strikeouts. So, and we saw the bad defense last year with the Red Sox. But if they perhaps got somehow, some way, landed Burns and Adamas, and you got Story and Adamas up the middle right there, then yeah, I would love Montgomery, right? I'd still right. would like Montgomery, but I wonder what his numbers would be like if the Red Sox defense was still not very good. I would imagine it's going to be better next year. Anyway, I think... When it comes to the Red Sox, I'm very I'm very nervous with what they do. And, and Tony Mazzarani also talked about this with Jared Carabas, saying that he if they don't get Yamamoto, he's been hearing that they don't really go out and go crazy on the free agent market. What does that mean exactly? Could that mean Montgomery? You know, if let's say you got Montgomery in like a five or six year deal, mm-hmm. maybe like you know like. If it's you know like maybe like a 25 AAV, right? So if you're looking at like a six-year deal, what is that like 160 or so? Um, I could maybe see something like that with Montgomery. But again, if it starts getting too far with the years, I, I wonder how far the Red Sox go. Right. But they could have an advantage where the Rangers with the TV money, the Giants just have a hard time getting people out there. I just, I I think the Red Sox might have an advantage simply by default, just because the teams that seem to be the, the ones that make the most sense for them, they could be able to outlast those teams. That's the one reasonable solution I see. I think Jordan Montgomery is perfect. And they, they did show interest in him going back to the general manager meetings. Now with Corbin Burns, the problem with Burns is the extension. And that's mm-hmm. the only I, I just have. They won't, it won't hard, be. It won't. Won't be there. They won't. It, it's. It's not. I don't I think it would time. even be an equation. I, you. You saw what happened with Price, right? You saw what happened, right? Even that first couple of years with Price, it was a headache, right? Mm-hmm. You, I'm not saying Burns is going to be that same guy, but where you know he's pushing Dennis Eckersley on the plane, but or getting in his face or whatever the heck he did. You know, sure, Price helped bring a World Series, but he was. Again, I don't think Burns can be that guy. I just don't think there's going to be that extension there. And he's going to get way more than freaking Price got. Like, yeah. by, a, by a country mile. Mm-hmm. So, I don't see it. I don't think they even go after the rental. I, I, I think the Red Sox, what they're going to do is they're going to go after some lower key names. The one name I keep thinking of is Bryce Miller from the Mariners. Uh, it, it just seems to be one of those guys that kind of checks off the boxes with what the Red Sox are looking for. He's not going to cost as much 
as someone like Logan Gilbert because he doesn't mm-hmm. have as much of a track record, but he's young, 25. That is someone I could see the Red Sox going after. Like, a lot of years of control. Of checks off those boxes for me. And a lot I think of years he of control, though. The Red Sox. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, that, I was saying, there's a lot of years of control there, though. That that's the that's the guy pricey. I see them going after. Yeah. Right. And see if he turns into something. Sure. That's one prediction I made coming into this offseason. I saw Bryce Miller as a trade candidate mm-hmm. for the Red Sox. Um, but after that, man, like if I'll say this: if the Red Sox had an offseason where they landed Montgomery and they somehow pried away Bryce Miller from the Mariners, and there were reports that they had approached the Mariners about acquiring some pitching, and I guess they were told to buzz off, basically. Um, if they found a way to get those two, then I would be happy. Like I right. would be happy with that. I am some, uh, believe it or not, I am somehow thinking Chris sale is going to end up having an okay year. I think he gets a few more innings. I think he's kind of maybe I'm hoping he's projecting upward a little bit. Uh, let's see if he can, I would be okay. If Chris sale gave you 150 innings, I would be a happy man for that. I would absolutely be a happy man. Yeah. Um, I know I'm rambling a lot. I know the I know people in the chat are saying giraffe Nick Robbie probably, but it's it's a big deal right now for the Red Sox because this is a team that has won a lot of World Series since 04. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this isn't just my Red Sox bias kicking in. Like this is a team that we have seen win championships, a big market team. And it's like, what the heck are we doing right now? We got to do something. That's why I thought yep. Yamamoto was perfect. Anyway, yep. I agree with you. Couple starting pictures. And then a bat, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if that's why I think a Burns trade, I know the extension thing. If we had just, if we just got Adamus, I would actually be okay with that. That I think could make some sense because he would be a one year guy, basically. Mm-hmm. But you have more, you have Marcelo Meyer coming. And so I feel like he would be a pretty nice option as like a stopgap kind of a guy that could give you some good defense this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Meyer, he can come up at some point later on. He's a lefty bat, so he can get at bats, you know, in that way. Yeah. You know, or he can get a, get a bit of platoon action if he were ready at some point. I think Adamas, even if, without Burns, I would like Adamas. Like, that's really good defense. I would like that. So, yeah, I agree with you. Right-handed oh. bat. Jorge Soler is kind of my dream option right now. I'd like that. I'd like a little Jorge Soler Fenway Park. I would. Um Justin Turner, I love him. He's my ginger brotherin, but he's he's getting a little older, man. And I, I just wonder what kind of a deal he's looking for. I'd mm-hmm. rather take Solaire on a like a three year deal than Turner on a two. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, Reese Hoskins, I would like. So you know, I think a right handed bat is a necessity right now. They need, they need a little bit more balance in that lineup. So mm-hmm. I know I rambled there. I am sorry, but that's what I got. Let's. End this with one more team. Let's get the Giants. Real quick. The Giants, uh, we talked earlier. They seem to be kind of the, uh, I don't know, were they, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Which team out of all the teams that were involved with Yamamoto, which team do you think emerged as the biggest uh, joke of this whole thing? Like where they really just look like clowns coming out of it. I don't think the fan base wants me to say. I, I'm not going to say Giants. Um, I don't okay. want to say. I don't want. I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to piss anybody off. 
Uh, if you think it's your team, then then we'll just put it that way. Those of you that are watching or listening, I don't want to say it. Um, I, I do think that the Giants ultimately, again, at the end of the day, I believe he was going wherever Otani went. I think they were a package deal. And the Giants are a long shot at this point in pretty much every situation, whether it is Farhan's inability to close, whether it is regarding the, the, the current uh, state of the city. So I don't think that uh, I think the Giants are just in, in a in a tough spot right now, and I think they're gonna what they're going to do next. I think they're going to continue operating the way they've been. I think they're going to try to find deals. They're going to have to overpay players and piece this thing together with guys that you know are are looking for opportunities to prove themselves. We're seeing it. We saw it with Rodon. Uh, we see we saw it with the the Conforto and the Handiger deals didn't work out for those two last year, but they had options. So they're back. I think that's how the giants are going to continue to go. So I think we'll see more moves just like that. The rest of the way for the giants. I don't see, I mean, maybe they can surprise us with like a Matt Chapman or a Blake Snell, but I think it's more likely that we're going to find a, I actually think that there's a good chance that, that I, I, I do see a path for Matt Chapman there. I do, but for the most part, I think they'll continue doing what we've always seen them do, and that is find those guys that are the J.D. Davis types and the uh, 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 the, the Michael Conforto types, um, the the Anthony Desclafani types. I think we'll just see more of that from them. Yeah. Uh, for me, I still think Max Chapman. I say this every single time. Giants fans are probably just hating me every single time I say it. But no, Chapman to me is perfect, right? You got Melvin there. They could use a defensive upgrade there. I feel like I've said that like a million times. Um, but no, I think if there's one free agent out there that makes sense that they could overpay for, yeah. even if it's just like a little bit, I think Chapman is that guy, right? Yeah. And you got that Melvin connection. I'll say this. I, you know, I like the idea of Marcus Stroman there, right? They need a pitcher mm-hmm. and they got a good infield defense. I really do think Marcus Stroman would be a pretty nice option there. Um, they could use something, right? You got Logan right. Webb and Stroman at the top of that rotation. I think that's pretty good. Sure. So I think that's possible. So, yeah, I think, the, like you said, the Giants, they're going to keep being the Giants. They're just going to keep maneuvering as much as they can. I will say this, though. I wish I had their savings account because, or I wish my savings account was like theirs because literally no one will take their money. No one. They could literally wave it literally in someone's face and no one will take it. It no is one. just sitting there accruing interest. Good for them. Like, could you imagine you built your savings account only because simply no one, like you go to the grocery store, they just don't even want your money. Like that's amazing. I mean, that's a, I don't know. Is that a good spot to be in? A bad spot? I don't know. For the Giants, no. But for my savings? For savings, for money, yeah. But we're going to wrap it up there, everyone. Uh, Went a little longer than planned today, but there's a lot to talk about, Jim. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, Everyone, if you can, on the way out, hit that like button for us. The goal was 200 likes for the live stream. Um, But... If you are listening to this one more time on your favorite podcast, please, if you can, make sure the downloads are turned on. If you like us enough, leave us a five-star rating. That would be greatly appreciated. But everyone, until next time, thanks for coming out. And uh, hopefully we see some action here on the free agent market. Jim, any last words? 
Let's get a busy day tomorrow. Shut it down for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then pick it right back up. Let's get some action. Let's see. Let's get a little bit of a flurry before we shut it down for Christmas. Take a few days off. Let's pick it back up and get crazy next week. Let's do it. And everyone, have a good Christmas this weekend, right? Christmas Eve on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, a nice time that Yamamoto signed. I'm glad he did because we get to enjoy our Christmas. I can actually sip on some eggnog without having to look at my phone. So have a good one, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time. 